Hello and welcome to ELT Time with Ghana Education, where we talk with an industry guest about the hot topics and what's brewing in the ELT community. Hi, welcome back to ELT Time. Today, our publisher Rachel and our academic director Chris sit down to talk about integrated skills in the ELT classroom. With over 50 years experience in ELT, you can imagine they have rather a lot to say. Um, We hope you enjoy the episode and let us know if you do. Hi, hello, I'm Rachel and I'm the publisher at Garnet. Hello, I'm Chris Graham and I'm the academic director at Garnet. And we're talking about integrated skills today. We certainly are. Right. So what are they, Chris? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, in, in this job I, I travel around different countries, schools and universities and ministries of education, and there tend to be two very distinct approaches to uh, to teaching the four skills. The uh, Those who teach integrated skills are when uh, all, all four skills are taught, not necessarily all of them together at the same time, but they tend to be drawn together. There will be reading, reading lessons that include some speaking, writing lessons that include some, some speaking or maybe some listening. And there are other institutions that t- tend to take the approach where the skills are taught uh, one by one, basically, in isolation. So integrated skills is, is the, the opposite of that, really. Hmm. So are we saying that integrated skills are a good thing? Because I remember quite some time ago now, I'm I'm talking about at least 20 years ago, possibly, I wrote skills books, but they were separate skills. Yes, I'd forgotten until uh, we were talking about this Hmm. earlier. I wrote a reading skills book, I wrote a speaking skills book, and I was quite proud of myself. But now I'm thinking, was I actually doing ELT a disservice because I should have had like four books in one? So, you know, where are we going on this now? Why are they? In, why is integrated the best way to go? Well, let's just pick up this thing you said 20 years ago. Um, you, you did the, the standalone single skills books. You certainly weren't doing a disservice. Because I think, first of all, that is where ELT was then. That is what was going on. That's what schools, universities, institutions around the place demanded. In fact, thinking back to the early days of my teaching group, more than 20 years ago, I'm not prepared to say how far ago, but a long mm-hmm. time ago, I remember we would have a writing lesson. We would have, uh, it wasn't called speaking, it was called a conversation class. So in other words, we did use a single skill book or no book at all, but the focus was just on one skill. At the time, I remember thinking, this is the way to do it, because we're going to concentrate on X, whichever skill it was. It seemed right at the time. Maybe it was. Mm. But now we've obviously moved away from that. And I guess... To me, there are a couple of things. I think really that the basis of the integrated skills idea is the fact that that's how we function. We don't function only by, well, today for the next half hour, I'm only going to read, I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to speak, and I'm not going to write. That just isn't it isn't life. And any transaction that we are involved in, we're usually using at least two, and maybe at some point in that transaction, all four of those sort of language skills, the reading, writing, speaking, listening. I was thinking even if you go like go to a station, you want to get on a train, you might have to read the timetable, you might have to go and ask for your tickets, um, you might be listening for the announcements. I mean, maybe the only thing you probably wouldn't do is write. So, so are we saying that ELT is now training students in a more realistic way by using integrated skills? Well, I think that's the argument. In fact, in, in workshops that I do around integrated skills, and they're particularly in institutions that, that, that are teaching discrete skills and want to make that transition to, to integrated skills, 
I'll say to the teachers, tell me about the first hour of your day today. Um, and now in the 21st century, probably sadly, and I'm one of these, the first thing many people do in the morning, switch on their phone, read their emails, reading, uh, reply to an email or a text message, writing, possibly relay to someone in their family something that they just read. Uh, from an email or, or a text, speaking and listening. That's often, mm. in the case of my family, before you get up. Yeah. Um, so absolutely it's reflecting real life. But when I use these examples, I do get teachers sometimes coming back to me saying, that's right, but teaching in isolation allows us to concentrate on one skill. Whether or not it's real life is irrelevant. I'm not saying that's an argument I accept, but it's an mm. argument that I've heard. And mm. there is maybe some logic to it but it, it, it's a, a widely held belief that if you're just doing writing for the next 45 minutes one hour whatever it is you're going to do a better job of it mm. and it's shifting people from that can be quite challenging yes well you see I do think there is some validity in that because thinking back to my teaching days um, writing was one of the areas where students struggled and so you did tend to want to give more um, time to that and concentrate on it more so that students could become more confident in their in their writing uh, ability. And, and to an extent, the same with speaking, because speaking was often, uh, if you were rushing through a book, speaking lessons were sometimes the ones that were neglected or they were skipped over. And um, we were encouraged, well, some of the schools I worked in were encouraged to try to do more speaking because, again, it was an area where students were really struggling. And if they were working for exams and they had to have, a, you know, there was a speaking element to the exam, they weren't going to do very well because the best they would manage is to just learn set phrases and answer in a very kind of flat, monotonal way. So I, th- I do think there's, um, there's some merit it, but then is it about balance? Is it about the balance of making students, helping students to understand the holistic approach and then focusing in on different skills at different times? I don't know. Well, my, my response to a teacher says, well, I like to do writing lessons or we do writing lessons or even a writing course because we feel we can concentrate more on the writing is how do you teach students to write? And my own belief is you teach students to write by encouraging them to discuss ideas, to compare ideas, uh, to organise ideas lo- a long time before they pick up their pens. And for me, writing is taught and writing is learned by speaking, as I say, about ideas. If you're trying to introduce the ideas of paragraph format, formation, the idea of having a topic sentence, if you're looking slightly beyond that towards conclusions, importance of a good introduction... A lot of that is actually spoken work. So I think we teach students to write by talking about writing. And I think there's a magical moment in a language classroom when you get two students saying, no, I think we need two sentences. That's too long to be one sentence. Or surely that should be in paragraph three. They're talking about writing and they're learning. Mm -hmm. I really genuinely believe that. So a writing class may have a focus on writing, but there will be speaking going on and therefore listening going on around it. Exactly. Exactly. So then we're talking about how lessons are more rounded and how one element of language needs to, leads on to another element of language. And that's, that's surely another reason for teaching integrated skills, because you almost can't separate them out. And if you have a really full, enriching kind of lesson, you're almost certainly going to involve at least three and, and possibly Absolutely. four, yeah. four I mean, skills. Go, sorry, go, I mean, going back to my days, I used to dread the conversation class because you'd have, well, I would have maybe 12 fairly Italian teenagers who, to be honest, didn't want to learn English. And it was conversation <laughs> class or Wednesday afternoon. And what are we going to talk about? 
the conversations that worked were those that were stimulated by a text. Read the text, in particular if it was a, a text that to that age group was, was motivating, in fact, controversial, ideally, they would engage. But just talk about something almost in thin air doesn't work. So mm. I, I think, personally, one of, the students, one of the reasons students don't speak or don't feel they can speak in class is they don't have sometimes the subject knowledge or certainly the motivation, whereas a good text or maybe a good picture sometimes mm. or a good piece of listening will stimulate them to, to talk and to exchange ideas. So, uh, as you say, you cannot separate them out. No, no. And, and including, included in that, is there an element of going from receptive skills to productive skills? So, for example, like you just said, really, mm. reading as a, as a kind of a more receptive skill can then lead to speaking, which is the productive mm. skill, and listening as a receptive skill can feed into writing as Absolutely. a productive skill. Mm. And that, again, is that kind of all-round education, mm. that all-round uh, language learning process. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And, and I, think, I, I think most people would agree that a good writer is someone who reads a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not suggesting that the text they read is necessarily a model, but they will get some idea about paragraph construction, about sequencing ideas, logical connections between ideas. And a good teacher is one who will transfer those skills and say, do you spot there on that page? Look how the paragraphs are connected. Well, when you're writing this afternoon, think about that. And I think that that kind of skills transference is really, really important. Mm. It's a kind of symbiotic thing that the skills support each other. And similarly in language classes if students can see the function of the language and if they understand what they're going to be doing with the language and it means something to them then that's far more engaging for them and so to do that just to focus on say writing Mm. is you can't like ring fence skills as we've said but to just focus on writing is so limiting and so without context really and you haven't hooked the students in Mm. whereas if you've got that kind of let's let's read something let's talk about it let's listen to something now let's do some writing and they're all interwoven then I guess it's back I mean is there any evidence that it's more effective well, the, the in integrating. Mm-hmm. Well, as to say hard evidence, I think we'd, we'd have to do a little bit of reading. There's surprisingly little uh, little to read. There's an article I found by a woman called Rebecca Oxford, which was in a TESOL France journal. I haven't got the date on that, sorry. Uh, and she does produce some very firm arguments in favour of integrating skills. There's, there's surprisingly little literature that I've been able to find on the subject. But I mean, if we stay with the idea of writing, I think a lot of students will say the bits that they hate most about their language learning process is the writing. We don't like writing. Whereas if that writing just follows on almost discreetly after a piece of listening or discussion, you've had the discussion, now make a few notes. Write a paragraph about what you said. What, what did your colleague say about this? That is writing, but it might not feel like it. And even making notes after a phone call or something like that or, or, or summarising notes from a YouTube video is still writing, mm. but it doesn't feel like it. And those notes can then be expanded into paragraphs or sentences and then paragraphs. And I think that, that that's an important trick about teaching writing because writing, they don't like it. Mm. I can't say I blame them either. No, 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 um, no. But that's it. Could. So when it's part of a whole mm. and it makes sense because it's on the continuum and it's a part of a process, then... Yes, as you say, students can do it without quite mm. realising what they're doing and then they can be helped to kind of reflect on the fact they have done it mm. and, and be pleased about it. Yeah, I would have thought that what I looked also for like research on integrated skills and how, how much better it was, but I couldn't find very mm. much. There's not very much. I said this, this Rebecca Oxford, there's a couple of articles that, that I picked up and I thought were really interesting, yeah. TESOL France. But and another thing that, that, and this is actually from, from Rebecca Oxford, another 
good argument is that we use the same learning strategies in many cases to teach all four skills. And students can start to see a continuity between approaches to learning. Things like um, self-evaluating, asking questions, analysing, planning, predicting. We use that in listening. What's this text about? What, what do you expect you're going to hear? Look at the picture. What, what do you imagine is going to happen when you listen to this? Who are the people in the picture? That kind of stuff. Well, that actually actually very nicely slides, in, for example, into, into reading, obviously, because receptive skill, but also into writing. Um, so I think that the, it, it develops that, that students start to learn these learning to learn techniques mm. that are common to all four skills. And I think it's tremendously important for us as teachers to, to equip students with those learning to learn skills, especially if you're working in upper primary and secondary, because you're equipping them for university life later on when they need those, those skills above and beyond yes. the English skills. So yes. I think that's, that's another great argument, the continuity of I that. I think it's a really, really strong argument. And I think it's kind of, it's integrated skills in, in a kind of, um, it's pure form in a way, because you're integrating the language skills, but mm. you're also integrating within that context, you're integrating the learning skills, the Absolutely. study skills and everything else. And, um, and you're right, if they're having integrated uh, skills, uh, sk- integrated skills less than they are, the students are going to have that pattern of learning that will stand them in very good stead. Mm. Whereas that, that spotlight isolation kind of approach, um, they won't make those same no, connections. They won't make, absolutely. They'll associate that learning skill with just that one language skill and it won't, it'll be ages before it maybe transfers across. So yeah, that's another good reason. Yeah, the, the other thing um, is about assessment, the formative assessment, the assessment that we do as teachers, not to, to as part of the examination process, not end of term, end of year stuff, but the stuff that teachers do at the end of each lesson or each cycle of lessons that gives us the, what I call the forensic information that we need to decide what we need to go back to, what they're strong on, what the issues are. Um, I believe that formative assessment is much more accurate when we're assessing all four skills, partly because it's real life. In real life, we we do mix all the skills up together. And um, the interesting thing is you can... It it allows us to assess the language in real settings, but it also helps us to see... um, how students will change from one skill to another if they feel they're struggling in one area. They'll say, okay, I'll I'll write this down for you. Or more commonly, I'll tell you Mm. because it's quicker. And I think that's really interesting because that's how communication works. Sometimes it's just quicker to speak. All of us who, who use WhatsApp and text and email and stuff, it's interesting how people jump from one medium to another depending upon the complexity or otherwise of what it's going to say. Or oh, email that to me means it's, it's too long for me to absorb on the phone. Just send it to me in writing. Um, I'll ring you about that maybe because it's sensitive in some way or it's, it's a straightforward message. So I, th- I think watching students jump around from one skill, skill to another is a really, really useful way of seeing how they are as language users rather than language learners at that mm-hmm. stage. So it gives us, the, as I say, the forensic evidence that we need sometimes to, to, to move our classes forwards. Yes, but also that the assumption that underpins what you've just said is, the fa- is that we have to accept that the purpose of language learning is basically communication. And yeah. so we're equipping the students, we're giving them the sort of um, four skills and they can choose, as you say, they can mm. choose sometime, well, this works better for me to read this or to write this or to whatever. Um, but yeah. Oh, no, as I say, I think people do choose the skills according to, to the message, the type of message, complexity of the message, sensitivity, length of the message, and also what they feel they're good at, what they feel they're better at. People will perhaps default towards speaking because they know their writing is not what it might be. So they'll default towards speaking. And that, that gives us lots of clues about that individual student or those individual students that we can then pick up on, the, the way they jump from one skill to another. So it's got something for everyone in that mm. sense, I think, integrating mm. skills. And it's more motivating. 
I would say so, yes, I would say so. Although to pick up on what you've just said, then we've come round in a circle almost because what we're saying is we teach we teach integrated skills, but that will flag up a skill that maybe the students aren't so good at. So then what do we do there? We probably focus on that skill and give them some extra help. So it might what we might be saying, I think, is start from the approach of integrated skills but then where evidence becomes available that maybe there's a little bit of an issue with one of those skills, feel free to mm. zone in on that and give some extra support or some extra strategies so that that particular skill can come up and be as, as good as the others. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think we, we need to be very clear that teaching integrated skills does not mean neglecting any one of them or no. avoiding any one of them. Sometimes teachers think, oh, you're just trying to avoid teaching writing. No, I'm not. Absolutely not, because writing is, is, is one of the four. It's key to communication. As, as you say, if seeing students switch from one skill to another according to the circumstance, according to their, 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 their self-evaluation sometimes of their own skills, gives you a big piece of information. And it just allows you, okay, these people are struggling with, with note-making, whatever it is. I can, I can pick on that and next week or next month, whenever, go back to it and develop it a little bit more. So it's a really good forensic device as yeah. well, I think. Yeah. I don't know, a lot of institutions seem reluctant to change. I visit institutions where we have teachers say, I am the writing teacher. Now, I'm not sure what a writing teacher does because I'll sometimes say, how do you teach writing? Do do the students speak in your lessons? Oh, yes, of course they do. They talk about, you're not actually just teaching writing. You're probably actually integrating skills already. Mm. You just don't think you are. And I think that's sometimes once you lay that out to teachers, any reluctance so yeah, they do a lot of speaking because they talk about we do paragraph formation games or we, we do matching matching topic sentences to paragraph games. There's lots of talking and running around. Oh, you're integrating skills then. So it's happening anyway, I think. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that do you think the um the reluctance to sort of adopt and embrace the integrated skills approach is a demographic thing and that teachers who've been around from you know, when I was back there writing those split skills books, if you like, teachers that have been around a longer time just haven't maybe they they've stuck in one way and they haven't changed into a different approach do you think it's going to well, change as the sort of next generation of teachers i don't know i suppose not? yes it might be demographic it might be might be older teachers but i think it's very much a product of, of educational cultures around the mm. world as and well institutional, institutional cultures, cultures yeah. and of course exam cultures yeah. because a lot yes. of exams end of end of year exams or end of school exams are still testing discrete skills yes and in very exam-driven cultures, teachers will have their eye on on the grade, and quite rightly so. I'm not I'm not saying that's not shouldn't be the case, but that does often encourage uh, a single skills work rather than integrated skills. So I think once integrated skills are explained, you realise that in fact the students are likely to produce better written work if they have been, for example, discussing their written work with their peers, uh, correcting their work with their peers uh, orally. And um, I think once you get over that barrier a light kind of goes on somewhere and people think oh actually i'm doing this anyway yeah this is a good idea um and it, it's no, no more than a label i'm mm-hmm. a writing teacher i'm a speaking teacher mm. it's no more than a than a label really is it i think well i think that's true because as we started off by saying that none of the skills exist in isolation in real life and, and neither can they exist in isolation in a classroom absolutely it's just not possible and and they, and not only i mean they, they genuinely don't exist as i say as, as, as mm. teachers of writing will be doing doing spoken work in their classes. I think the biggest problems are perhaps, or the biggest barrier to integrated skills is institutional inertia. This is how we've always done it. We've always had these four streams, these four courses. And we, we, it, it, you know, the dreaded expression, we've always done it like this, um, which was supposed to be the most dangerous 
sentence British in the English language, isn't it? And, and and I think that's that's often the case, and people just get labelled, and inertia kicks in, and it, it's a process of explanation and and even hand holding sometimes and pointing things out. And teachers will usually very happily happily change their roles. Well, yeah, except that some of those institutions will be structured around your writing teacher and your speaking teacher or whatever, and there's the, the, the infrastructure will, would need to be changed. Got scheduling and everything. And so that is, so um. it isn't a simple, we'll have those books and we'll give you some integrated skills books, off you go. It is it, it's quite you know deeply rooted in some of the institutions. So I can understand the resistance mm. to change in a way because it's a big, mm. it's a big upheaval if you like even if what actually happens in the classroom mm. isn't terribly different the kind of infrastructure mm. of the place will need a, sh- um, a shift a the change is more logistical than academic mm. i think really mm. it's it's yeah. redoing schedules and rooms and timetables and all this stuff mm. and um often they they're almost carved in stone they've been there so long some of these these schedules and and uh, yeah, it's, it's a big change but mm. um uh, my experience is that the the, the the least resistance actually comes from the teachers it, it's from the institution, as yeah. you say, that it, there's this kind of structure that, that, that's there. And institutions can be quite cautious. But again, I think it, it, it is a process. It, it is a process, something that needs to be gone through with um, transparency and explanation and support. Yes. From publishers as much as anyone else. Mm. Uh, is there anything else you think we should... Um, I think the only only other thing that I kept on seeing when I was looking at information about integrated skills was that an integrated skills lesson gives the teacher more opportunities to exploit the same piece of material. So Mm. it's quite, but again, it's back to this holistic thing. It's back to the the context and the core of the lesson being looked at and worked with in different ways. But I do... I do feel that that's quite key because it engages the stu- really deeply engages the students with that the contents, mm. and then they can work around it, talk about it, write about it, and so on. And to me, that just logically seems a a better way to learn. Mm. I agree fully, and and I suppose my sort of closing remark would be the fact that that, that technology and handheld technology, love it or loathe it, it it's there, has absolutely forced us to integrate skills we, we, we walk along the road reading people collide with me regularly on the streets in london walking along the road reading things or speaking to people totally absorbed in in that which is something that didn't happen a few years ago they will then phone that person they might then write them a quick uh, email or a text we're integrating skills as we walk along the road now literally and that's thanks to these little pieces of plastic and metal we have in our pockets and that that is part of the future, as so I say, love it or loathe it, and and that that's that's even more reason to 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 use integrated skills in the classroom. I think. Yep, that's about it. So I think we're saying we're pretty heavily in favour. I would I would say very heavily indeed. Yes, certainly. There you go. That's lovely. Thanks ever so much. Thank that's you. Fun. Thank you. Bye bye. And that's it from us today. If you'd like to get in touch or to see our latest updates, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Garnet Education or head to garneteducation.com forward slash podcast for show notes and information about today's guest. Thanks for listening.